Uh, we're starting a new message series this morning called All Things New, and each week between now and Easter Sunday, we're going to have someone come and share their testimony. And uh, I've asked uh, Manuel Macias and Heidi Perez to come and share. It's, it's really two stories in one. I'll move around behind here so you can see them. And um, so I'll get into the message series uh, later, but this will be a good introduction to the series. So, uh, Manuel, everybody say hi. Uh, hi. Manuel, Heidi, let's greet them, welcome them. Let's hear your story. Uh, okay. Um, well, go ahead. I didn't know. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I grew up, I guess you could say, on the other side of the tracks. Uh, uh, grew up outside of, right outside of Chicago. Um, I never went to church. Eastside is the first time, the first church I've ever attended. So, uh, for me, uh, Christianity, people that were Christians, I, I, in my experience, it was just, it was all bad. Uh, I remember, uh, as a young child, uh, you know, coming from a abusive uh, dysfunctional family. I just I remember there was a time when uh, I was like eight or nine. I was, I was getting uh, beaten and was told, "You have the devil in you. You have the devil in you." And I was made to look at read a Bible, and it was just it. I at that point I knew I never wanted anything to do with any any kind of Christian or any God. Um, and as I got older, I started thinking that you know um, it was just it was like a form of mass control, a form of uh, way to for people to govern them th themselves as far as if I do this I'll get this if I do this I'll get this and it was like a hustle you know uh, it was you know pastors and preachers just hustling weak minded people into giving them their money and so I I, I just had a bad taste in my mouth for it since a young age and um, it wasn't until in 2008 I was sitting in the jail cell I I had been you know I grew up uh, like I said on the other side of the tracks type of and bad environment and just um, a lot of drugs and crime and so uh, jail was just a part of life since young age um, went to prison for seventeen first time anyways for I was in two thousand and eight the Lord spoke to me. For the first time, and he said, "I am." Uh, I just saw it everywhere. I didn't know what it meant. I, like I said, never been to church. Uh, about a week later, uh, Exodus three fourteen was revealed to me, and uh, knew that the Lord's name was "I am," and it just blew my mind. But at that time, the seed just pretty much fell on shallow soil. I mean, I know now that God's timing is perfect, but at that time. Uh, I had the peace for a little bit, but I didn't get what I wanted or, uh, and, and, you know, because of my own sin, I just became disconnected and ended up believing lies that the enemy had put in my head at the time. And so it wasn't, it wasn't time. Um, fast forward 2013, um, still incarcerated. I was in prison in Kansas. I ended up coming to Kansas being on the run from, uh, Chicago, I had 
warrants in Chicago and every county around it. Uh, so I found out I had family in Kansas and and ended up in Kansas. And soon enough, I ended up in prison in Kansas. Um, so 2013, I remember being in prison, um, having an opportunity to actually work an hourly a job, a job where you make an hourly wage, which is uh, it's a privilege. And um, I had managed to get that and then squander that. And uh, I was sitting in the hole, uh, which I found myself in the hole at least once a year. And I remember sitting in the hole and being thankful that I had that opportunity, but at the same time just upset, like, man, I, I mess everything up. Everything I do in life, I always... I mess it all up, and uh, I'm tired of living like that. And I, and you know, I started praying, God, if you know, if you're real, I mean, I know you're real. I, if, I know you're real, but if Jesus is the real deal and He's the only way, I mean, I know you as I am. And uh, if Jesus is the real thing, I, I need you to show me that. And um, it was, it was. Uh, about a year before that happened, but um, I was seeking in my own, seeking in my own, uh, seeking in my own way. I still didn't mess with Christians, you know. I didn't, you know. I saw a lot of, like I said, I, you know, just for me it was like almost cultish. There were, it were just weak-minded people that were hypocrites, and I just it left a bad taste in my mouth. So I knew that there was a real that God was real, but I didn't know that Jesus was real and that he, he breaks chains. And so I started praying about it. And about a year later, I made it to Wichita through a work release program. Uh, I chose Wichita because I figured I could find a welding job here and uh, get to Wichita. And I couldn't find a welding job. And I ended up uh, at Mahaney Roofing and inter got interviewed by Heidi. So I, this whole time that he's, you know, I didn't know him. He's locked up. He's praying that, you know, God, if, I know you're, he knew God was real, but he didn't. I remember he told me one time, I just don't know about this Jesus thing. And I was like, oh, man, I'm in for it on this. But um, we got, I interviewed him that day. He wasn't on my list of people to interview. So I was irritated that he had showed up, to be honest, uh, because I interviewed Tuesdays at 4 o'clock. And um, I thought he was trying to a fast one because he wasn't on the list, but I went ahead and interviewed him, ended up hiring him. Thought he was trying to hustle I you? <laughs> exactly. I'm just sitting here. I laugh every time he tells a story because I'm just like, <laughs> per perception's reality, right? So anyway, he, uh, I hired him, and that week in construction, we're driven by weather, obviously, and that week was a rain week, so his first first week. So we ran skeleton crews. So in, end up, you send everybody pretty much home except a few core people. And I, I remember the first day being like, I can't send him home for some reason. I didn't know what it was. At that time, I didn't know. Um, so I got him on a crew with service. And then the second day, again, rain. And I looked at his face, and I was like, I got to get him on a crew. So I got him on another one. Finally, the third day, I was like, you got to go, man. I'll, you'll be back when the weather comes back. And, but then something got me again. And you know, three minutes after I told him you know, to go, I just grabbed somebody, I said, go get that guy and find something for him to do, pretty much. And I said, ask him if he knows how to drive a forklift because we need some metal lifted. And so, sure enough, he comes back in and he says, 
he told him he knew how to drive a forklift and didn't, but he didn't know how to drive a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, anyway, work. Yeah. So all of this, Hustler. I was new yeah. to the construction industry. <laughs> I had grown. I mean, I had worked for the past eight years in uh, financial services, and so construction was wildly different than I was used to. And so um, that that day that he came into the shop, I had walked out to I don't know check on something and. He was on the forklift, and he just dumped this story of hopelessness on me. And I remember standing there going, why is this happening? <laughs> like, why am I hearing all of this? $80,000 in debt, no driver's license since 16, wanting things to be different, but just didn't see that it could be. This is the only life he ever knew. Um, and so I just, at that moment, I just I kind of felt God was doing something. Because, I mean, I came from a family where you don't even get a bad grade, let alone get in trouble, Right. And so I'm a female, new position, he's in prison, he's an employee, and everything worldly said, don't do anything, just walk away. But God just kept working on me, working on me, working on me, and this last few years has been a process of me understanding the Holy Spirit and listening and obeying, that's a big challenge for me, um, or has been. And then, um, so anyway... I just remember God had given me a scripture to give to him, and it was Ephesians 3.20. Through the work that the Lord can do within us, he can provide infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. He can crush every best dream we have. And I had gone to Texas. We were leaving to go to Texas, and I knew I was supposed to give him that scripture, and I didn't do it. I ran away from it because the world tells me, you know, keep your boundaries. And I ended up, middle of the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm on a treadmill, and I'm like, i got to get this out. So I called back, gave him that message, message through a project manager, pretty much selfishly so I could feel better that I'd followed, you know, followed God's uh, prompting. But from that point on, uh, God just continued to lead us, and the song we'll sing after this was pretty, where our feet will never take us, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I talked to my husband. I even, I looked for a way out. Man, if I can submit to my husband and he tells me, no, I'm good. <laughs> and he was like, nope, if God's telling you this. And we prayed about it. And he was like, we need to press forward. So Jason went um, once a week for about a year to the correctional facility to see him. We picked him up for church and brought him here even when he didn't want to come. Yeah. So, well, we'll be out there. If you want to stand us up, that's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> so just persistent. And, I kept and, trying to call and cancel. So that's what yeah. you should do and with all your friends. They showed up anyway. So. Just show up when you anyways. invite friends to church, yeah. you go pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them if they don't come out, you'll be sitting outside their house. Yeah. So, And I remember giving him uh, one weekend, God had told me to take my Bible to work, which is on a Saturday, and I was only going to be there for about an hour, but I took it anyway, and their crew came in randomly right before I was getting ready to leave, and so I was like, man, I haven't, I've only given my Bible to somebody one time. I mean, even the covers put on upside down, this is mine, this is mine. I'm not sending it to prison, but um, <laughs> I did that weekend, and you can kind of... Okay, so, so what had happened was... Uh... Heidi had started just planting seed. I didn't realize that the Lord had been putting people in my life to plant seed because um, I just didn't trust. I have, uh, have serious trust issues. Um, since a child, I didn't just couldn't trust anybody. And I even tattooed it on my body later on, trust, trust no one. And uh, So I just didn't trust anybody. But I knew that, I know now that the Lord was putting the, the right people in my life um, and planting seeds. And... Um, I remember after I had told her, I did kind of unload on her, like, oh, this is, 
Um, I just had just got a, a letter back from a lawyer who took all my money and said that they were going to take care of some debt that I'd owed, and then I find out that they didn't take care of the debt, and so that that was the night before, and like then I I get kept they kept trying to send me send me back, and I was like I got to go find another job. I can't do this. I you know I was just overwhelmed with with worry with uh, I'm about to get out. I just, you know, did so many years, and I'm about to get out, and I don't want this lifestyle anymore, but I don't know any other way to actually make the money to pay what, what I'm going to, what I owe, and I'm going to be forced to go back to that lifestyle, and um, so I remember regretting telling her right after that, like, man, why did I just do that? Why did I do that? And, um, and then she started coming at me uh, with, there's power in the name of Jesus, and and, you know, just, I mean, at first it was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But then I, it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm, I get it, I get it. But she I let me borrow her Bible. Back. Yeah, she let me take her Bible one weekend. Um, and I remember reading it, and I was in the book of John, and Jesus was talking about how he had to leave, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit and send the Comforter. And um, while I was, as I was reading that, I just got this overwhelming feeling that I hadn't had since 2008 when I was used to read the Bible before and I read the book of Proverbs and I knew that the Lord was speaking to me through Proverbs at that time, 2008. And I hadn't had that feeling again until 2014 when I was reading that. And then, so I knew then that Jesus was, was real, that he was the way, he was the truth. He was, and I knew he was real, but I didn't know how to make that. How I mean, I didn't trust. I didn't know that he was going to, that he could move mountains. And um, so I just, I was uh, seeking, but at the same time, I'm still so overwhelmed that I'm using drugs, doing what I, what I do when I get overwhelmed is self-destruct. I, you know, begin using drugs and uh, just the way, only other way of life that I know, that I knew. And uh, I mean, I spent my whole prison time Selling and using drugs, and hustling, hustling drugs, right? <laughs> and um, so I got to the point where um, I was I was seeking, but I uh, at the same time I was just falling into my own self destruction. Um, but the Lord had put people in my life. She, he put. Heidi and Jason in my life, and there was another friend of mine, his name is John Smith, um, that found the Lord in prison and had spent six years just being a light in prison for other people. And I had known him for some years, but I didn't hang out with them. I didn't associate with them. I was doing my own thing. And it ended up that, you know, later on, I went to another prison, and he stayed at the prison that, that uh, we were, what I, where I knew him at, and then we ended up in work release at the same time as bunkies, and, you know, he was pouring into me, and so I knew that I could uh, go to him for questions, and I remember running up to him and saying, uh, hey, what's that, that scripture uh, where uh, he's saying, I, I do what I don't want to do, and, I, and, and so he was like, well, that's Paul, Paul wrote that in Romans 7, and I'm like, well, that's me right now, man, and, you know, I, first time I asked somebody to pray with me, and he prayed with me, and the, he was just there for me, he was, discipling me at that time, and I didn't even really realize that. Um, he 
was surrounded. Yeah, and so, yeah, God surrounded me with his people. And, and so it got to the point where it was, uh, I was like on my last leg. I knew I was about to go back to prison. I had already been in trouble two times, got caught uh, with uh, some drugs twice. They were, you know, I was just very fortunate. It's just, you know, fortunate to still be there. And if I didn't make my bed right, they were they were going to send me back to prison. They were just on me. And um, that wasn't enough to stop me from doing what I do. Um, but I kept seeing the Lord say, trust, trust, trust. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know how to trust. And so, I mean, I would read it. But I didn't know how to trust. I'd read uh, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. And I just, I knew, I could see the words, but I didn't know the words. It, it didn't come alive to me until one day I was walking back from the bus, bus stop, bus station, and I saw an old older black woman pushing another older black woman in a wheelchair down the street and she was singing I put my trust in him I put my trust in him and I just knew that that was there for me to hear at that moment at that time and that's when it just I knew I could trust I could trust in Jesus and it just I was just I guess the only way to describe it was just enveloped with his love at that moment and I knew it would be all right and at that point, I just, there was never, uh, since that point, there's no desire, no temptation to use drugs ever again. Um, things haven't been all rainbows and butterflies, but at the end of the day, like, I know that he works all things out for my good. I know that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. Um, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. Uh, I mean, it's just a whole new it's, it's all new. It's all, it's God's making all things new. All things new. Amazing. You know? Amen. That's awesome. Anything else there? I, know, I just would encourage you that um, we we live some of us in a in a, a bubble, and God pushed me. This is all. I was just a character in His story, and if I wouldn't have obeyed, I don't know what it would have happened. But when He pushes you to do things that don't look like the world, but look like Him, follow, and you know. He has a whole other story of the debt literally is almost gone. June, uh, June 13th, I think, he'll know about having a driver's license for the first time since he was 16. Hopelessness, is a, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. And when you see it, you know, there's a lot of people in our prison systems. I told First Service, I'm not saying go adopt a prisoner. I'm not <laughs> saying that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that are searching. You don't know. You don't know. And um, if God's leading you, um, and females, if you're, you know, in submission to your husband and he's leading you, then, you know, don't be afraid. God will protect and cover you, and then he can do amazing things like he's done in Manuel's life. And, and quite frankly, my life has changed from trusting. So. Amen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks for sharing your story. There's so much more to it. Um, Heidi called the uh, several counties where there's war, where there was uh, uh, fines and 
penalties and $80,000. And she called just, I'm going to just figure out where, where this is and how we can begin to address it. And the lady said, well, that one's paid in full. Well, what about this one? That one's paid in full. What about this one? That one's paid in full. And she was using that language. She said, it's all paid in full. The balance was zero. Nobody knows how that happened except it was a miracle uh, from God that, uh, that the, all those fines and penalties were completely eliminated. That doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. They don't just automatically matriculate off after a certain period of time, right? It's just miraculous. So a um, lot more to the story. Um, maybe some other time we'll finish the rest. Um, I have a very limited amount of time, so get out your handout and follow along. I'm going to go quickly <clears throat> through, um, I'm going to try to put a 30-minute message into about 15, so hang on tight. Strap in, you know, we're going to go fast. But how many of you would like to have uh, some new things in your life? How many of you are tired, tired of what is old and you'd like to have all things new. Anybody else? A few of you would like to have some new things happening in your life that's, that God puts there. Uh, I was thinking this this week. We 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 all like new things because we we get tired of things when they get old and tired and worn out. And I realized now I've just described myself. So I hope Kathy isn't wanting some new thing in her life. I don't think she does. I think she's still working on this old tired thing that in, in asking God to do the same. The title of the message this morning is, Is God Telling the Truth? Is God Telling the Truth? It may seem like an odd title coming from someone like me that you would think, well, what kind of a question is that, Pastor? Of course you know God is telling the truth. Don't you? Well, let me ask you, do you believe that God tells the truth? Anybody, would anybody say, I, I just don't believe God's telling the truth? Anybody say that, I just don't believe he is? And so no, everybody in here agree that God tells the truth, right? Yes? So, but let me ask you, do you believe that on a daily basis? I mean, we, ha we have a tendency to believe that God tells the truth when, as it relates to our salvation, that he wants to have a relationship with us and he wants to spend eternity with us, and we grasp that truth. Yeah, I'll take that one, God. I want to spend eternity with you. I, want to, I don't want to go to hell. I want to spend eternity with you in heaven. We love that truth. But what about the daily truth of everyday life? God has a lot to say to us about our everyday lives. And, and here's the bottom line. If you believe God is telling the truth, then you will follow what he says about your everyday life. Because some of us say to God, yeah, God, I know that's what you say. Yeah, God, I know that's what you say. You want to say the next word for me? But. But, but what? But what? I'm, I know you're telling the truth, but I'm not going to follow it. Isn't that what we're saying? Yes? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. God says, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Are you not aware of what God wants to do in your life? Sometimes we're not aware because we're not listening. Sometimes we're not aware because we're not reading. Sometimes we're not aware because we're not paying attention to what God is doing. Right, Heidi? <laughs> That's what you experienced with your story with Manuel. God goes on to say, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Anybody ever feel like you're in the wilderness? Or you're going through a desert? 
This is what God promises to us even when times are difficult, even in the tough times like Manuel was just talking about. Here's the deal. God says, I will make all things new, and that happens if we believe what he says and we will belong to him and we will become who he created us to be. When that happens, we, we expand his kingdom here on earth the way he wants to do in and through us. That's what happens when we believe him, when we belong to him, when we become who he was, he, we were created to be, then we begin to expand, experience the expansion of his kingdom in us and through us. And that's what he wants to do in all of our lives, all of our lives, no matter who you are. So point number one, and again, we're going to go quickly here. We must believe that God created us with a purpose. We must believe that God created us with a purpose. Our creator created us with a purpose. And all of us have departed from that purpose. The Bible tells us all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. We're all separated from God. So in this beautiful, wonderful world we have that God created, it's also a world that's broken, isn't it? And we're all broken to a certain extent as well. That's why we need God. That's why we need our creator to recreate us. And that's what he says he'll do in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, therefore, therefore, since I'm involved in your life, if you'll believe what I say, if you'll follow my truth, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. I wish I could had time to tell you all about this new brain science that they're discovering right now. Anybody aware of this? Uh, they're discovering incredible, as they study the brain, what they're discovering is as we focus in and receive truth from God, it actually grows part of our brain. Literally, uh, our brains grow in that direction so that new, re new mental real estate literally is created. In our, in our minds, in our brains. Isn't that amazing? So all the time that Manuel is, is doing drugs and dealing drugs in prison, he said, I couldn't stop it. I just kept self-destructing. Why? Because the part of his brain was so attached to evil that he was predisposed to it. But the minute he begins to think on God and believe and trust that God is telling the truth, this whole new reality, literally, physically, this whole new reality begins to emerge in his brain. God begins to, the creator, begins to recreate him and make all things new. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's just what, the way it works. God says, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. Point number two, God created us to believe him and trust his truth. In your notes, write this down. Believe him, agree with him, and respond with trust. Believe him, agree with him, and respond with trust. Want to say it with me? Believe him, agree with him, and respond with trust. That's the whole message. We could probably pray and go home, but since I have a few more notes, we're going to go, keep going. That's what God invites us to do. He created us to believe him and trust his truth. Genesis 2, for, chapter 2, verse 15 says, Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden and 
to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you shall eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you will surely die. Now, did Adam believe that? He did until Satan began to lie to him. Eve believed that truth until Satan began to lie to them. See, God never intended for Adam and Eve to learn by falling or failing. He never intends for any of us to learn by falling or failing. He doesn't intend for us to learn the hard way. We don't intend for our kids to learn the hard way, do we? We don't. I mean, we don't turn the stove on and just wait till our kids touch the stove. Well, that's the way, that's the way you learn. We don't teach our kids that way, do we? God doesn't want us to learn the hard way. He wants us to trust his truth, that he's telling the truth. But Satan shows up and began to lie. He began to tell Eve. Eve's talking to Eve about eating from the tree of good and evil. And he said, God wants to kill your joy. He doesn't want you to have any fun. After all, Eve, girls just want to have fun. Oh, girls. I was... Um, that's what, I think that's what, Eve, that's what Satan was telling Eve. So she begins to pursue, and Adam begins to think God is a killjoy. Isn't that what you thought, Manuel? That's what you thought. You watched people who call themselves Christians, and you thought they were, you know, people that couldn't be trusted. Because there was a voice speaking in your head. Don't trust those people. Don't trust God. You won't have any fun. And, but then you find out that sin isn't any fun in the long run, is it? You find out that sin is a dead-end deal. In fact, the very temptation Satan uses to tempt us later when we fall, he uses that same temptation to shame us. That's what he does. That's the way he works. That's why he's called the adversary. That's why, he, that's why Jesus says he, came, he comes to kill and steal and destroy. That's who he is. That's what he does. Point number three, God created us to believe him daily. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, friends, because like I said, a lot of people want to believe God for salvation. We want to go to heaven. But an awful lot of us, isn't it true, friends, that an awful lot of us don't want to believe God in the everyday life, in our everyday, moment-by-moment moment life. We don't want to believe what God says is true. And so we say, I know, that's, I know that's what you say, God, but, right? In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul writes, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe, there's that word again, believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For, the heart, for with the heart a person be, believes, resulting in righteousness. God changes us and makes us righteous as we agree with him. With the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the Spirit says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. That's why it's so disappointing every time we believe Satan. It leads us to some kind of difficulty, damage, destruction. God's truth, God's ways will never lead us 
to disappointment. John chapter 20, verse, 21, verse 31 says, But these things I have written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, now here's where it is, you believe that Jesus is the Christ, but you need to continue to believe. This needs to be an ongoing process where every day you get up and you swing your legs over the bed and before you begin the day, you say, God, I am going to believe everything you say today. Today, I am going to reject the enemy and temptation, and today I am going to believe you. I'm going to agree with what you say, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to follow it, and I'm going to trust that you know what you're doing. You say that every single day? I want to, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to get up every day and begin your day by saying, God, I, I want to hear what you have to say, and whatever you say, I agree, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to trust you. Heidi was sitting on this chair a while ago. Do you agree that that's a chair? It's not a trick question. Do you agree that that's a chair? Do you agree that that chair will hold me up if I sit in it? But it's not going to hold me up unless what? Unless I sit in it. So we can agree with God all day long, but until we trust him and do what he says to do, it's not going to make a difference in our lives. I love it as I watch various ones, um, many of you learning these lessons and beginning to agree with God. Some of you, several of you, by the way, uh, have said, you know, I, was, I became a believer many years ago and I got baptized as a baby or I got baptized as a young child, but now I've been sensing God leading me to be baptized and follow him in baptism, in public baptism, and so uh, I'm gonna do that. So on April 17th, I just wanna let you know this, on April 17th, a whole bunch of you are gonna get baptized. And if, you're, if you wanna be in that list in that group of people. We'll just add you to the party on April 17th. So put that date in your calendar, write it down, and pull out your connection card and let us know if, I, if God's saying to you, you know, that's you. You were baptized a long time ago or you've never been baptized as a, as a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, then I want you to be baptized on April 17th. It'll be a couple weeks after Easter and several people, will be, probably the whole service that day, both at 9 and 11, will be baptisms. Because a bunch of you need to be baptized. You need to do what Jesus says to do. You need to follow him in obedience and trust that he knows what he's doing. And see what he does in your life as you trust him every single day. Very simple, isn't it? Almost too simple for us. But we will sometimes avoid doing what God tells us to do. There's a couple areas in our lives where I interact with people that they often will say, yeah, I know that's what God says, but I don't want to do that. There's two areas, two primary areas that I want to talk about very briefly. The second area, the second most common area in people's lives that, they, that, the, that I have this conversation about is about their finances. Many people will say, yeah, I know God says to tithe, and I know, I know, I know he, wants to, he wants me to to manage my finances the way he says to do, but I've got debt, right? Manuel, Manuel heard that message 
And a few years, as he began to come to Eastside, the very first time he'd ever been to church, he began to sense God was saying, I want you to be obedient with your finances. I want you to trust me. I want you to see what I will do. And he was making $50 a week. In fact, he told me earlier as we were preparing for the the message this morning, he said, I was actually making a lot more in prison selling uh, K2 synthetic marijuana. A lot more. But I knew I had to stop doing that. I knew I had to stop selling it and I had to stop using it. So he was making $50 a week in work release. So he would come in here on Sunday morning and take a $5 bill and sort of wad it up and throw it in the offering so that no one would see because he was embarrassed. And it's okay for me to tell this story because he's been telling it, right? But then God began to do amazing work in his life. And he, and he calls up and somehow $80,000 in debt. Now, I'm, you know, isn't that amazing? It's something only God can do. Now, I'm not saying God's going to wipe away $80,000 of debt in your life. Don't, don't misunderstand me. This is not a, I'm, I will be the last pastor on the planet to preach a get, wit, get rich gospel. This is not give and get. This is give because God says, I want to show you how faithful I am. I am. I want you to trust me and watch what I will do in your life. That's the second most common area that I have a hard time helping people just trust God. The first one is in their marriage. Because I have way too many conversations with people who say to me, Pastor, I just don't love her anymore. Or, Pastor, she'll say to me, I'm just done. I have worked and worked and served and served and I am done. But when I think about God's love for us, I'm so thankful that God never says that to me. Aren't you thankful that God has never said to you, I'm just done with you? And aren't you thankful that God says, you know, there are days I don't feel like loving you either, but I love you anyway love you anyway. My love for you will never change. I have decided to love you. Even on the days I don't feel like it. Because we can't trust our feelings. Somebody say amen to that. We cannot trust our feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. But we can trust the truth. And we can decide to honor God. We can decide to believe what God says and agree with what God says and then trust that he knows what he's doing in our lives. Many of you have iPhones or some sort of uh, phone device. You're probably familiar with the big debate, controversy, or what's happening right now between Apple and the U.S. government over the phone that's been, that was found in San Bernardino, right? So you're aware that there's going to be a court case probably heard by the Supreme Court eventually where they're going to force Apple to break into this iPhone and tell them what's on it. Isn't it interesting that in the FBI, some of the smartest people in the country can't figure out how to break into one of these things? You know why? Because they didn't create it. 
It takes the creator to be able to go in and reprogram and turn it into something new. And that's what God wants to do for you. No matter what you've been involved in, no matter what you've experienced, no matter where you've been, what you thought, or what kind of prison you've been in. See, God doesn't just set people free from, you know, literal prison. God wants to set people free from all kinds of prisons. The prison of sin, the prison of unforgiveness, the prison of self-hate, the prison of doubt, the prison of difficult relationship, whatever it is. God wants to set you free. And he can do it because he is your creator. And because he's your creator, he can reprogram you and recreate and make all things new. But he won't do it. He won't force that on you. He wants to do it by invitation. He says, here's what I'll do. We have to receive it. We have to receive it. Just like Manuel did, just like Heidi did, just like many of you have. So what's God saying to you this morning as a result of our time together? As you've heard from the Holy Spirit in your own heart and life, what area of your life? Maybe it's a drug addiction like Manuel had. Maybe it's a a stubborn heart. I won't call Heidi stubborn, but maybe it's just, I know, God, what you're saying, but... I don't want to do it. What's he saying to you? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your parenting. Maybe it's your finances. I think God's speaking to all of us in one way or another. And he's saying, I want you to believe what I'm saying. And I want you to agree. And I want you to trust me that I know what I'm doing. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, as we prepare to respond now to you and to your truth and to your leadership, I pray that you will continue to remind us that you are our Father and you love us and you want what's best for us. You don't want us to learn by failing. You want us to trust that you're telling the truth and agree with you and believe and then respond. So Lord, lead each one, each person here that you're speaking to, to respond now to you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.